0: are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast.
1: with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. Uh, I have Gordon Crest He's the CEO of a company called Intelligard. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, clinical inventory management, uh, intelligence solutions and distribution. Uh, we'll get into what that means shortly, but uh, Gordon, thanks for coming. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Tell me if you would briefly, uh, what's the premise of IntelliGuard? What do you guys do?
2: Sure. We're a late stage startup company. We use RFID technology, software, and data analytics to really improve the supply chain of medications within hospital and ultimately make for a much safer patient orientation so we're looking at patient safety we're looking at efficiencies we're looking for improved outcomes
1: what happens with uh, with medication distribution right now is it that they run out because no one's tracking them or do they give the wrong medication to a patient like what are the big challenges in the industry
2: well this, this is one of the myths that i think or misperceptions that people have about how hospitals are run but one of the most remarkable things I've seen uh, as I've gotten engaged and involved with this business is hospitals in the US today are cutting edge on the clinical side of the business. We're using robots to do surgery. We have incredible imaging technologies. We're doing procedures that weren't done five years ago. We're doing imaging that wasn't done five years ago. So the he- overall clinical side is highly advanced. Yet the infrastructure that run a ho- runs a hospital It's 40 years behind the times. It's old technology. Most of it is still paper. Most of it is still human interactions. Humans make mistakes. And while people think the supply chain of medications
1: is secure, the truth is it's not. That's bad, yeah. I notice, you know, I go to the doctor and I'm still handed a clipboard with paper. It's weird. Like, why don't they give me an iPad? And, you know, when I've gone to the hospital, I'm asked the same stuff like 10 times by different people and, it looks like it's going into a computer, but I don't know if anyone's looking at it or if they think I'm lying and they want to ask me five times. I mean, what, you know, why is this happening?
2: Well, it's happening because the investment that hospitals are making is clinical. It's not infrastructure. So as an example, in the business we're in and the supply chain of medications, and this includes critical medications such as narcotics that are used in the operating room, procedure layers and surgery, uh, very important medications. The average inventory accuracy, meaning the, the, where are the drugs, how many do I have, is about 60%. I don't know any private industry today that could manage their business with only having a 60% accuracy on their inventory. Now, the fact is, this, this in today's environment is highly unusual, and what it means is, it means errors it means medication errors it means patients are given drugs that have expired it means patients are even given drugs that have been recalled and patients have been given the wrong drugs. So it makes for a very complex environment and it shouldn't be that
1: complex. Well it's only that people's lives that are at stake so it's no big deal right? Just kidding but um, <laughs> I mean don't exactly are hospitals yeah. held to task if they have a, a high or a bad outcome for a given condition or for all their conditions? I mean, do the hospitals care? Is there any incentive to make this better? Uh,
2: You know, number one, I want to be clear. I think hospitals care. I think the people that work at the hospitals care, but you're dealing with a hospital infrastructure that has multiple silos. Um, Pharmacy is a silo, administration is a silo, the clinical is a silo and materials management is a silo. All of these things are not looking at the greater good. They're not looking at what the large problems are. So as an example, in the space that we're in, drugs and supplies are the highest cost items within a hospital, second behind labor, which is the highest cost. Um, Yet they don't know where particular medications are. Um, They don't know what they have on hand. Um, there's, There's counterfeit drugs getting into the supply chain. There is diversion of narcotics occurring in the clinical areas of the hospital. Um, It's Like I said, most businesses would not be in business if they operated this way. And the hospitals simply have not invested on infrastructure and particularly with the types of technologies that are available today, such as RFID, such as cloud-based computing, that would allow them to address
1: and fix all these problems. So, all right, are you focused, um, I guess you can't focus on everything, so you're focused on the medication side of it, right?
2: Yes, there's a lot of applications that are available. We chose medications for a couple of reasons. Number one, it has a big impact to the patient. And one of the most important drivers that we have as a company, something I talk to all the employees about, is regardless of what you do in this company, there's a patient at the end of it. So patient safety is a very important driver for us as a company, and that's why we chose medications. The second reason we chose medication and this application is because it's a very hard thing to do with the technologies we're doing. You're talking about all different form factors. You're talking about vials. You're talking about syringes. You're talking about ampules, and they're all over the hospital. They're not just in pharmacy. They're in the operating room, procedural areas, on the floors, in the nursing stations, so managing this is a very complex environment. Our thinking was if we could crack the code on doing that in pharmacy and the operating room, we could pretty much manage any problem going forward.
1: So, okay, um, are you starting with the, the pharmacy and the hospital, or are you looking more downstream to, again, procedures on how to administer the medications or track them once we they're start, out of the pharmacy?
2: Yeah, yeah good, good question, and we started with, the pharmacy, and we uh, enabled the technology, and I, I want to talk a little bit about RFID so that the listeners can understand the premise of RFID, so, because not everybody does, but uh, uh, simply put in an, uh, an analogy that I think everybody understands is, we all go grocery shopping. So when you go grocery shopping, you fill up a cart, you put your items on a conveyor belt, and then you see it has to go one at a time through a conveyor belt and be scanned by a barcode. That is traditionally how things are done in hospitals today. The difference with RFID is imagine taking a basket, tapping your credit card on an RFID reader on the basket, going through the grocery store, filling it up, and then walking out the door. And it automatically, in seconds, captures the 50, 75 items that you have with incredible accuracy. And it goes on your credit card. That's what we're doing in medication management today. They're either doing it manually, hand counting, you'd be amazed how many drugs are being hand counted on a regular basis, or they're using barcodes, but barcodes are not effective. They don't work because they are counter to the workflows that clinicians do. So we started in the hospital pharmacy. Uh, That was where we, we begin the process, and then we have now moved to what is we consider the hardest area to manage, which is the operating room. Um, because these drugs in the operating room, not only are they plentiful, but they include controlled substances, uh, such as morphine, such as fentanyl, very important drugs to monitor and manage. And effectively today, those systems are not in place.
1: It will be really cool if you could also have a, either a level or a weight sensor, you know, if there was a cheap enough way to do it on all these bottles. So not only you could see where they are in real time, but you could see the levels of them in real time. That would be super cool.
2: Yeah, and we're actually, we're not using that. But what we do is uh, we have a system so that the inventory is managed automatically. So as an example, if you're, what you're talking about is you're an anesthesiologist. Our workflow is as simple as you can get. It's open the drawer, take out what you want, close the drawer, take care of your patient. In the background, we're scanning every vial in there where you would know exactly what they pulled out. And at the end of the case, we have a software package that does what's called a waste witness. So it actually captures by individual item what was administered to the patient, what was wasted, and you get a full accounting record from end to end, and then all that data goes to pharmacy. And then on top of that, we have a data analytics engine where we throw all this data into a data analytics engine that provides decision-making capabilities that quite frankly today pharmacists aren't making because they didn't have the data available to do it. Well the other
1: part of it too is that whatever medication is being dispensed, either in ampule or whatever form it's going into someone, so if it also simultaneously recorded and updated that patient's record, like, you know, John Smith got eight milliliters of X at this time, it would be a, a totally end to end solution to record everything. Well that and that's
2: a great segue into what we do, because we, in addition to doing all of this on our anesthesia system and our pharmacy systems. Those systems are connected to the electronic health record so that every item dispensed, we know the patient, we know a lot about that patient in terms of allergies. Uh, and we capture all dispensed items that went to that patient, so we not only create a clinical record, but we can com- create an accurate billing record. So charge capture becomes a real value proposition for the hospital because of this system that exists today that's highly manual, they're missing a lot of charge capture.
1: Hmm, okay. Um, very interesting. Yeah, I can see why this would be a, a huge help. What, um, have you done any pilot studies? Are there hospitals that are using like the full implementation of what you do and you know how much better their outcomes, if so? And, and the answer is yes.
2: So there's several areas.
1: I'll talk about just a few
2: of them. Um, but if you talk about it from a pharmacy standpoint, we're hearing from our directors of pharmacy that they, they have regulations that they have to meet, they're required and they get audited along these regulations. They've had a real difficult times managing manual processes with an auditor. This automates everything. So there's literally an electronic record that an auditor can see. And we're hearing directors of pharmacies tell us this is the most, advanced automated system for managing medications they've ever seen it's giving them peace of mind because they know if an auditor walked in that they're going to have all the data available to show them exactly where the track and trace of every item is Um, that hadn't existed before from the anesthesiologist standpoint who administers the medication is systems that exist today are either manual they've got to hand write them or they have to use barcode scanning. So imagine that anesthesiologist being out that checkout person at the grocery store scanning every individual item. Every time they do that, they're not focusing on the patient. What we've been able to do and what they're telling us is we've simplified their workflow so they can now focus on the most important thing, which is the patient. And then we provide a full reconciliation, which makes their life easier. So anytime you make a clinician's
1: life easier, they're going to like what you're offering. Um, I, I didn't bring up the um, this, but um, generic versus branded drugs. You know, I've read a book called Bottle of Lies, and you know, it was about Rambaxi and some of these other companies that you know the generics are made of God knows what. Um, so I don't know if hospitals use generics all the time, or you know, that could play in too. Unfortunately, I mean, if something goes wrong in the hospital. Um, with your system they'd probably be much more likely to track it back and say ooh when we gave this drug X um, we had like a 30% jump in bad outcomes so we got to look into it even though the FDA hasn't recalled it something's wrong yes and, and
2: you're bringing up a very interesting and important topic not just around generics but also the counterfeits that are coming into the supply chain so today it's Virtually impossible to go back and do a track and trace of any individual item that was given to any individual patient other than handwritten records. Um, we automate that so by the fact that we're capturing every single item all the way down to what's called the NDC number, so the actual ID of that particular medication through the supply chain, uh, we've got a record from end to end. And this plays very well and the reason why it's important you brought this up is that the Congress has passed a law called the DSCSA, which really is, uh, in simplified terms, a requirement from pharmaceutical companies to track and trace every drug that goes through the supply chain. And today there is an effective technology to do that. RFID provides a really compelling answer to providing an end-to-end track and trace solution in addition has some unique properties that can authenticate the actual brand that the drug that was given that was branded with a particular pharmaceutical company is actually came from that pharmaceutical company
1: right. I, I knew about generics but I didn't real, realize about counterfeits like how pervasive is that uh, it's a bigger problem than what um, people acknowledge
2: but uh, counterfeit drugs particularly opioids as well as narcotics are getting into the supply chain, where they're actually leaving the supply chain to, um, from bad actors who are shipping back uh, bottles that are replicas of the original, but unfortunately what's inside those medications is probably water, or uh, something that certainly is not representative of what the drug is given. The impact of that is significant, because those drugs can end up going to a patient, and there's lots of examples of where Patients are given a pain medication, for example, and not showing any relief of pain. And the reason is, is because it was counterfeited or altered in some way. This is also happening because of what they call diversion, which is a nice uh, way of saying theft, but diversion in hospitals of narcotics, and it's, a, it's leaking through even at the clinical levels at an alarming rate. So it's a significant problem and it occurs because there's virtually no accountability, track or trace of medications today. So we close that gap and hospitals, it's another area you asked earlier, but one of the things we hear from hospitals is that they really believe they're addressing the problems associated with diversion and counterfeiting in ways that they didn't know was possible. Hmm. Well, it makes me afraid to go
1: to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, it, it, it's, um, it's really true, and, and you know, it's, I talk about this with hospital executives whenever I get the opportunity, but, you know, we're, we're on the cutting edge of, of medicine. We're, we're seeing robots doing robot-assisted surgery. We're seeing unbelievable imaging capabilities. We're seeing uh, bio meds that are doing things that we didn't think possible five years ago the clinical side is extraordinary the best in the world yet the infrastructure side is really behind the times in fact it's probably based on 40 year old technologies or manual processes um, and it has not caught up because the investment has been made so there's a huge opportunity to bring it into the modern world and that's one of the things we're
1: trying to do with our technologies Wow. So um, are you getting, what kind of responses are you getting? I mean, how many hospitals have you approached, and are a lot of them like, oh, please help us, or are they resisting? Well, our technologies
2: in managing medications is used today in about 500 hospitals in some way, shape, or form. We've just recently introduced the anesthesia product um, late last year, and we are, uh, we are in four hospitals, adding a fifth hospital, in, uh, by the end of this month um, and the
1: response is very positive yeah no that's great that's that's excellent so what's um what does a full rollout look like like how ambitious uh is this is this going to be the new standard hopefully you know if you can get it out to it if possible uh
2: we are hoping that it will be the new standard uh we think it's a very compelling technology that solves a lot of problems um, we picked pharmacy uh, as a starting point. As I mentioned, we rolled into the OR because it was the hardest area to manage. But then you start going out, where are medications managed? Medications are managed across the spectrum of healthcare. care to include uh, the nursing floors, to include the procedural layers, the outpatient clinics, um, all the areas that manage medications. You need this capability of being able to track and trace in order to provide an environment That provides safe medication practices for the caregivers and most likely for the patients and Mm. in that vein. One of the reasons that I'm, as you can tell I'm very passionate about this. I'm very excited about this is one of the things I did before coming this company was I looked at other industries RFID has been around a long time and and retail is probably the most advanced application, but it's used in airlines, it's used in industrial but Macy's, for example, will put an RFID on a $20 belt and they'll know the pedigree of that belt from the point of manufacturing to the distribution chain, when it hit the big box store, what shelf it was on, when somebody bought it, and when it walked out the door. But yet today a hospital can't find a $20,000 medication. And there's something wrong with that. And that's what drives us to address these issues because that should be the safest environment. That should be the environment where inventory accuracy is 99.99%, not 65%.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, years ago when I, well, not too long ago, probably three years ago, two years ago, when I did a call like this, maybe like talking about blockchain and blockchain, you know, for everything. Um, is that necessary? Is there a high level of security needed for all this? Or is it really just get the system in place and then go from there? Like, how, how does security play in? It's a great question. So I'm gonna really start
2: with the data because that's really what you're talking about. So in order to secure the supply chain, you've gotta feed the data system, whether it's blockchain or anything else that you would use, any type of ledger system, you need to make sure that the data going in is accurate. That's the biggest challenge because if it's bad data going in, it doesn't matter where throughout the, the supply chain, it's bad data throughout the supply chain. So to secure the the supply chain, blockchain is a wonderful answer um, because of all the security and openness that it does. So it's that good balance between being uh, proprietary yet being open and allowing for security. But you gotta make sure that the data going in is important. The second part of that is that most of the hospitals today on their infrastructures, and this is probably part of the handcuffs so to speak, that they have, are using very antiquated premise-based solutions for their data management. They've got server rooms, they've got data rooms. With the cloud, you have so much capability, well, whether it's Amazon, Azure, to not just secure data in a HIPAA cloud that's already certified, but to scale and expand in ways that weren't possible with these other types of systems. So when you look at scalability, when you look at security in the cloud, and then you add elements like blockchain, now you're starting to get to a full-blown solution for the DSCSA, for the full track and trace end-to-end. But the key element of that is making sure that the item data that's fed to these systems has the level of accuracy
1: that you want. Okay, it makes sense. I don't know if you're able to say but again how much of an improvement and are like what are your kpis for improvement and can you say what they are at least the ranges or if you don't know what's possible sure so
2: um i can share with you what the kpr kpis are and some of the important elements that our customers look at so we we look at workflows and work processes and improvements on efficiency so that's one area that's kpis and we've got clinical studies that, case studies that shows a very substantial work improvement, workflow improvement, which with those improvements, you reduce the propensity of errors. We have an area of charge captures. Charge capture is a very important area. We're seeing our customers tell us uh, over 40% improvement in charge capture. That helps the hospital financially. But it also helps the patient because you know that their bill is accurate going in because of the ability to track at the item level. Some of the other pieces of this is the whole area of optimization of inventory. So how do you manage an inventory that you can't see or that you can't manage without the accuracy and the data analytics that allows to make predictions of saying, look at if you optimize your inventory this way, you can take 20% of your inventory out. That's a big number when you look at a hospital inventory spending $500 million a year on medications. So Mm. there's a lot of elements to this um, that really pays off. And the most important element personally, as well as for us as a company, is making sure that no expired drugs get into the supply chain and get to a patient making sure that if a drug is recalled, it's pulled out of the system and doesn't inadvertently get to a patient, uh, or that a counterfeit product doesn't get to a patient. Those are the most important elements, as I talk about, that there's a patient at the end of everything
1: we do. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's been a really great call. You know, Gordon, I'm, uh, you know, I know you're passionate about this. I could, I, it's clear that we desperately need it. So, uh, you know, again, I hope that your system is adopted and becomes the norm because it's, it's really needed. Uh, you know, again, I don't want to be afraid to go to the hospital or have anyone I love go there and this happen. So I appreciate you coming on the call. Um, what, what's the best way for people to track the progress of Intelligard and find out more? Uh, the best way is our website.
2: It's uh, IG.Solutions. So um, uh, IG standing for IntelliGuard. And uh, they certainly can uh, follow our progress there as, as well as uh, – we're publishing case studies through social media, uh, mm. and we try and keep the public and, and the customer base uh, very informed of all of the activities that are going on as a company.
1: Okay, well, great. Well, Gordon, thank you for coming, and thank you for what you do. I appreciate it. Well, Richard, thank you. I've enjoyed it. I appreciate you having us.
0: You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs.